It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Raptors have yet to hire a head coach. It seems like everybody else is, including Philly hiring Nick Nurse. We'll talk about what that means for our feelings. Plus, Sergio Scariolo, is he potentially one of those finalists? How do we feel about that? We'll talk about trade feelings as well. A loaded episode as we talk about a very murky Raptors offseason with Vivek Jacob at Raptors.com. Let's get to it. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, May the 30th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter. If you're still on Twitter, at Woodley Sean, you can follow the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. And of course, join the Locked On Raptors Discord community, baby. It's a ton of fun talking about fake trades, talking about the playoffs, laughing at the misfortune of the Boston Celtics. It's all wonderful good times. A great little community we got building around the show. Plus, sometimes I give out free stuff in there, and you're going to want to be in the discord to get access to any free stuff i get my mitts on and i'm there to pass along so uh, we handed out some free gift subscriptions to Raphael barlow's nba big board Substack, Substack, for example it's a, it's a great time so please jump on in there the link is in the description of the podcast come hang out also support the podcast by rating reviewing subscribing on all the different podcast apps and on youtube you're the best people in the world if you go ahead and do that so thanks in advance today's show is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account use the code locked on nba for twenty dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right on today's show vivek jacob raptors.com is along in our new graphical digs i'm in that like the vertical box so my hand talking is going to have to be more constrained this time which i'm getting used to as a very pronounced hand talker typically um but we're gonna (laughs) dig into the, the coaching situation which remains very murky for the raptors as adrian griffin's been hired away by the milwaukee bucks nick nurse of course landing with the philadelphia 76ers yesterday and the raptors are still kind of looking around like eh, we're taking our time no worries we're, we're we're sort of chilling is it good that they're chilling we'll get into that conversation in today's show also we'll do a little trade feeling status check as it pertains to pascal siakam and og and obi the two guys whose names don't go a single hour in the Locked On Raptors Discord without being added to a fake trade. Uh, so we'll get into that as well. But off the top, Nick Nurse to Philly, Big V, this one has a whole lot of emotional baggage with it, does it not? <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, yeah, it was wild because even when, you know, the Bucks made their decision, you're still thinking, okay, well, that probably means uh, Nick is going to Phoenix. And mm-hmm. so uh, the fact that he went with Philly, 
Uh, he might either see a, a situation where, uh, you know, he won't be judged. This might sound a bit say, uh, weird to say because it's Philly, but he might not mm-hmm. be judged on as high a scale as Phoenix. And you look at Matt Ishbia moving on from Monty Williams. Obviously, mm. everything is championship, championship, championship. Philly has not even reached a conference finals. <laughs> so say that again. It's really fun to remind ourselves of that. <laughs> <laughs> Philly has not reached a conference finals, and so Ooh. even that hmm. would be success. So warm and toasty. <laughs> <laughs> he takes he takes the Sixers to the conference finals. That is an improvement on what they've accomplished in the process era. And so mm-hmm. that would be a win. Um, obviously the ultimate goal is to win the championship and that's what he's going to be focused on. But I think the other side of this too is uh, it was pretty clear that James Harden wasn't happy with Doc Rivers as the head coach. And mm-hmm. so uh, maybe this gives you a better chance at re-signing him. Um, mm-hmm. James Harden has had some praise for Nick Nurse in the past as have other uh, players. But uh, I, th- I think, if this improves the chances of bringing him back because the Sixers don't really have a way uh, of obtaining a star if he moves on, um, then I think that is an important thing to remember as well. So if you can keep that trio together of Embiid, Maxi, Harden, and then you know build around that, you don't need to build too much because Nick's only going to play seven guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think overall, uh, you know, uh, of the coaches uh, remaining, he was probably at the top of the list. It mm-hmm. seemed that way with between you know the Bucks, the Suns, and the Sixers. Uh, and yeah, they got their guy. Yeah, they sure did. It's really funny that the two guys who you could argue Nick Nurse tormented the most with his defensive stylings over the last four or five years are James Harden and Joel Embiid, and now they get to be coached by Nick Nurse and not double-teamed into oblivion by Nick Nurse. I'm fascinated by how they're going to play. I think this will be a really good sort of test case for the idea that Nick Nurse was kind of stuck in his ways, because like... I don't think they can play the same defense with Joel Embiid and James Harden and Tyrese Maxey that they wanted to play in Toronto. And I think Nick Nurse will probably adapt, but that's certainly going to be a thing to watch going into the year. My question for you here, Big V, is like the Philly Nick Nurse curse that is yet to happen, but I'm sure will will come to pass at some point as Nick Nurse probably will torment the Raptors for the rest of time, just kind of as like a prank. Um does this have the potential to be a more damaging curse than the Dwayne Casey Pistons curse? Uh, you know, I, obviously they fired Dwayne Casey after winning coach of the year. So the karmic retribution was going to be a little greater, I think, in favor of Casey. But I don't know about you. I think the Sixers are the team I dislike the most. I think uh, they're probably the closest thing to a rival the Raptors have right now. And there is a little bit of like a really hate to go there element of nurse signing with the Sixers that I'm not really thrilled about what these matchups are going to entail. Because like we've said all along, Nick Nurse, a very good coach. There will probably come a time where you miss having Nick Nurse as your coach when you're in the pressure cooker of a game that needs the right adjustments and levers pulled. I think it was the right move for everyone to move on. But uh, did it have to be Philly? Like (laughs) this kind of bums me out, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in the sense, again, you go back to what has defined success for Philly in the process era. uh, I think that is where 
Nick Nurse could potentially look back, uh, you know, say he he's there for three, four years, takes them to a conference finals, takes them to an NBA finals. And then he'll probably say, yeah, uh, you know, take that Toronto. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I think that potential is certainly there. But again, I think, you know, if you come to a January game and Nick has Embiid playing 45 minutes, even though the Sixers are up 20 in Toronto <laughs> and then they lose in April, <laughs> the karmic retribution comes right back. So, <laughs> yeah. Man, it's a, it's a really really fascinating landing spot, man. There's a as far as like intrigue goes, I think this is probably as good as it gets. Uh, even if I'm worried, it's going to mean all sorts of doom for the Raptors whenever they play the Sixers going forward. I um I can tell you one thing. I don't think Nick Nurse's guitar whale and I'm a cool rock man guy thing is going to fly in Philly. Uh, I think uh, he, if he goes to play a show at a Philly bar, I feel like he might get tomatoes thrown at him. Like, why aren't you coaching? I don't know. That wasn't a Philly accent at all. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just a generic Northeast agro sports fan voice, I suppose. Um, fascinating stuff. Nick Nurse is not the coach of the Toronto Raptors. We'll stop lingering and dwelling on our exes and look at who the, the future paramours might be as we get into the current state of the Raptors coaching search. We'll talk about Sergio Scariolo, a report this morning that he is a finalist for the job. So we'll get into that and, uh, all sorts of coaching stuff. How we're feeling about the Raptors seeming lack of urgency, to bring somebody in, does it bother us? Is it actually maybe a good process? We'll get to that, plus some trade feelings. Before we get into all that, got to tell you, better friends, over at game time. It's uh, really, it should not be hard for buying tickets. Like, it really should be, like, the easiest thing in the world to buy tickets to a sporting event that you want to go to. And I highly recommend you check out our friends over at game time to do it because they have last-minute deals. They make it super easy and super convenient to go and get the tickets you want for the games that you want to go to. You can, uh, you know, find last-minute tickets on anything from basketball, football, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets on the same section or row for less somewhere else, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. There's no reason not to try out game time for the game time guarantee. And that really is, uh, that's the end of the story. Get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what you get when you arrive as well. You can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two set two taps in your set and you don't got to worry about scrolling through your email. They send them right to your phone. So you're not holding up the line at the door either. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked at NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code locked in nba for 20 bucks off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day, Big V, along as we... uh continue talking Raptors coaching search and the current state of it this morning 
uh, report coming out, re- retweeted by our pal Michael Grange out of uh, Italy. Andrea Tosi, I believe, is the reporter suggesting that Sergio Scariolo is, in fact, a finalist for the Toronto Raptors job. Of course, the reports were out there a while ago that the Raptors brass went over to interview uh, with Sergio Scariolo, who's currently coaching at Bologna in the uh, Italian league or Euro league. I, I, it's all very confusing, the many tiers of leagues they have in England, in overseas, so bear with me. Either way, uh, Scariolo, thoughts on his potential fit with the Raptors? Of course, a familiar face was with the Raptors when they won the championship as an assistant coach, coaches the Spain national team as well. Um, you know, certainly would apply the sort of thinking outside the box and going with a sort of new direction and a new voice and some new ideas kind of idea that I think a lot of people have wanted to see. What are your impressions of the Raptors reportedly getting maybe close here with Sergio Scariolo as one of the finalists for the job? Yeah, I think uh, he would be a really good hire. I think uh, he made a really good impression during his time here. Um, <clears throat> he also might have moved on because he sensed where things were headed. <laughs> uh, and so I think... You know, you bring him in with the experience that he has. And I think the biggest thing for me is when you think of the Spanish national team, you think of the culture that they have together Mm -hmm. um, and what Masai is trying to bring back to Toronto. Um, He would absolutely fit the bill, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think um, that makes perfect sense. I think, you know, when you watch the Spanish team play uh, that beautiful team basketball and then the way <laughs> sweat and thinking about passing and movement. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, I think uh, obviously, you know, the FIBA game kind of caters more to that kind of team play and whatnot. And you'll have to make adjustments where, you know, in the NBA, obviously it's more superstar driven um, mm-hmm. and whoever your best player is driven. Uh, but uh, I, I do think, um, he would have wrinkles to the offense that we have not seen for a little while. And so I think that would be a big bonus. Um, he's big on, you know, it's, it, this is not like just some, you know, offensive uh, specialist. Uh, mm-hmm. He prides himself on the defensive end. He prides himself on work ethic. Um, and again, that culture uh, that the Spanish national team has maintained, uh, I think that is the type of thing you want to bring to Toronto. For sure. I'm curious. So Scariola obviously has like the institutional knowledge. He was there 2018 to 2021. He was there for the most successful run the team ever had. The two, I think, best runs the team ever had in back-to-back years. What is your sort of view on getting in people who have kind of been within the Raptors at sort of their peak versus just kind of getting some fresh ideas? You know, this, I think, kind of came up with Adrian Griffin. You know, he was obviously, I think, a contender for the Raptors job. They, they reported to have interviewed him. He ends up getting signed up by the Milwaukee Bucks. Good for Adrian Griffin. Um, but I, I'm having my like I'm having a hard time kind of deciding whether or not I'm happy with the sort of turnover of the brass who's going to be kind of running things on the bench versus getting in people who have been there and seen the Raptors at their peak and seen why it works and, and how it all works. Obviously, Part of why it all worked when Sergio Scariolo was here was they got Kawhi Leonard for a year. That was awesome. And he makes everybody look good. But um, kind of curious of your sort of philosophy on this. Like, do you think it's a good idea to dip back into the 
you know, people who have been involved in the franchise for a long time? Or would you like to see them skew more towards like a Jordy Fernandez or a Kevin Young, two guys who have reportedly interviewed quite well? And, you know, just kind of outside ideas from different franchises. Like, I, I think you can make an argument both ways. I'm curious where you sit. Yeah, I think an important learning here is the fact that, you know, when <clears throat> Masai hired uh, Nick Nurse, we all kind of looked at that sideways and said, well, how is this a departure from Dwayne mm -hmm. Casey? Because mm -hmm. he was from the same staff, right? Sure. And we see that once you move from that assistant role to the head coach and gig, you get a completely different philosophy. You get a completely different environment. Um, and so I would not look at, it, at an assistant coach um, and say, yeah, it's going to necessarily be, um, you know, the same ideas coming back or w whatever it might be. Yeah, structurally, mm -hmm. maybe there are things that uh, they look to bring back uh, in terms of what they saw that did work. But I, I think overall, I think, you know, Scariolo has enough history outside of the Raptors to know that it will be a different experience uh, from mm -hmm. Nick Nurse. Uh, and so uh, I think that is the main thing to evaluate. And obviously, someone who is completely fresh uh, would bring something very different. But I think in terms of the principles, uh, in terms of being able to marry what you bring in terms of your philosophy and uh, what it's been for Scariolo, uh, with the national team co coaching at the club level in Europe um, and knowing what the Raptors have in place, I think that we talk about that institutional knowledge. I think being able to mesh the two before you even step in mm -hmm. and present that, uh, I think that's probably a big plus for the Raptors right now. For sure. I think there's something to the idea of like having a built-in relationship with guys on the team as well. Also, you know, a guy who notably wasn't on the team during Scarriel's time was Scotty Barnes. And how does that, you know, I, I think ultimately like how Scotty Barnes takes to the new coach might be the most important thing here, you know, all told. So maybe, um, you know, there's extra weight put on that. I mean, it's hard not to respect Sergio Scariolo. The dude's been uh, unbelievably successful his entire life as a coach. It's it's really fascinating. I, I think I'm with you. Like I, I don't mind the mesh of like a guy who's kind of seen it, who also clearly brings different ideas and a different perspective. Um, ultimately, just I, I kind of just want them to hire someone at this point. Are you at all concerned about the sort of length of time it's taken here? I know there's sort of like the the idea that oh they're not doing anything. They're letting they're just kind of biding their time and they're letting things pass them by. And oh this guy gets hired. I don't think they're like have any like, opportunity cost lost here because they haven't hired anybody. I understand the impatience because there's a desire to see what the direction of the team is going to be. And the head coach will probably at least give a little bit of an indicator of there's that. There's a desire but, for content, Sean. That's all well, that too. I mean, I am hosting a daily <laughs> podcast here. It'd be really cool if we could get some damn news to talk about. But <laughs> just, yeah, are, are you at all sort of worried about the, the long drawn out process here? Will it bleed too far into the pre-draft process, et cetera, et cetera? Or would you rather just see them take their time and get it right here? I think this was always the plan. And yeah. I mean, I even tweeted uh, pretty much in the first round of the playoffs that this will likely go into the last week of May, the first week of June. And you look at the Nick Nurse hiring that happened in the first week of June, and that was an internal hire, right? So uh, I think the Raptors will do their due diligence. They will want to feel as sure about this choice as they would say, you know, a draft pick. And <laughs> I think they will look at this uh, and say, 
there's also, I, I don't know if you call it extenuating circumstances, but the fact that once Philly, Milwaukee, and Phoenix uh, decided to move on from their head coaches, mm-hmm. they moved down to number four in the pecking order. Yeah. And so they were just going to have to see how those things played out. And so I would not be surprised uh, that now that those things are shaping up, uh, we did see a decision come soon. Yeah, it is a bit of a domino thing, right? And I do think I I, I don't believe the Raptors are going to be in on one of the sort of high-priced dudes who got let go. Like the Monty Williams thing would be a really nice thing, I think, in a vacuum. But I just can't see them convincing monty williams who just got fired with three years and like 21 million dollars left on his deal like that's gonna take quite a pitch it would take quite a pitch to get me to give up sitting on my butt for three years making seven million bucks a year hanging out with my family uh to come and coach (laughs) the toronto raptors i'm telling you so i I don't think that's happening um budenholzer just doesn't feel like the right fit at the right time even though i think there's actually maybe an argument for budenholzer being maybe a decent fit but um i think that would be a non-starter among raptors fans who love to clown like budenholzer it's uh it's fascinating. I would like to see something happen here soon, mostly because of the content, like you said. But ultimately, I think I'm fine with them taking their time. If you recall, like it took them like a month to land on Nick Nurse as well. Um, like this was not a quick process back when they, they they hired their last coach. So I this is kind of as they operate, I would assume. And I feel like they still probably know internally like what they want to do as far as like player personnel stuff this summer and as much as the coach might indicate to us what they want to do, that doesn't mean that because they haven't hired a coach, there's an absence of a plan as far as what they want to do this offseason. So that's kind of where I would come down on that to sort of quell the concerns about the lack of uh, urgency here to hire a coach. Why be urgent when you can get it right and, and take your time and interview lots of people and cast a wide net, including to podcasters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're going to come back on the other side, get into our feelings on the trade stuff. There were reports that the Houston Rockets maybe have number four available that maybe the Raptors have talked to them. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a time to sort of consider our feelings about many Toronto Raptors players and their long-term outlook with the team. We will get into that in a hot second here. Before we do that, however, just a reminder, go check out Locked in NBA Big Board, a wonderful resource to get prep for the draft. Raphael Barlow is just incredible on the show regularly. Also, Richard Stamen, Leaf Thulin doing a great job over on that show every day, getting you ready for the NBA draft at the end of June. So go subscribe to Locked in NBA Big Board, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Big V, let's round it out here. Trade feelings status check. I think the start of the summer, I went in being like, you know what? That sucked the way they lost, but I'm cool kind of running it back. I still mostly think I feel that way, though I'm coming around. I've been trade machine poisoned, uh, as is typically what happens in late May as you're waiting for the draft and all this stuff. But I just kind of want to get a little... Temperature check on where you are right now with what the Raptors should be doing. I think particularly 
when it comes to the idea of trading up in the draft and inevitably what that means for Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi, who are the two guys who, A, are under contract so they can be traded and it's not like a big hole to do to do a sign and trade, et cetera, et cetera, and who in theory could be moved to better set the Raptors up both financially and with assets and whatnot in the years to come. Uh, where are you at right now? Are you kind of leaning towards wanting to see one of those guys moved? Is, if so, whom? Are you maybe more on the run it back side of things, seeing how the NBA playoffs have gone and uh, prepping for a summer of chaos where surely lots of teams are going to get into the transaction mix? Where are you at right now with your feelings regarding the Toronto Raptors and they're potentially trading one or both of their three or four best players? Yeah, if I'm checking the temperature for players on this roster, I'm probably looking at Pascal. And if I'm tr- if I'm looking at Pascal, then I'm leaving OG off the table because I think mm-hmm. he's at an age uh, where he kind of fits the Scotty timeline better, and so I I wouldn't see the point in giving him up uh, separately as well. So uh, yeah, I would definitely see what's available uh, for Pascal. Again, you know, I, I said this a week or two ago. If there is that type of you know Paul George for SGA deal to be made now or that you know if you go back to the indiana days paul george for victor oladipo that type mm-hmm. of deal um where you get a young star um to pair with scotty who maybe fits better uh more of a shooter that type of thing then uh i would entertain it and so i think that's the way i lean right now um and would be examining those possibilities yeah i, I think at this point i've seen enough with the shooting to know that that has to be addressed and um yeah the biggest piece is probably the best way to address it yeah look um i don't like the idea of trading pascal siakam i'm emotionally attached to pascal siakam everyone who listens to this podcast know that i'm a little bit uh i can't see straight on this one entirely that said I don't think it's good business to just go trade him for like futures and crap right like i don't think that's good business. I would rather just keep the very good player who's given every indication he'd like to stay on your team for the next five years instead of trading them away for future assets who might one day become a good, as good as a Pascal Siakam, but probably won't. And like I, that said, I've come around on the idea of like, if there's like a no-brainer, like, oh God, this this trade that this team is putting out there for the Raptors to swap Pascal, like it's just kind of a no-brainer, then yeah, sure. I'm on the board of, Yes, that makes the most sense going forward. I don't agree with the idea that Scotty and Pascal can't fit together. I'm even open to the idea that a Scotty Pascal Yak trio in the front court could in some way fit together. It didn't wonderfully down the stretch of the season. That said, that starting five was crushing it and was really good on both offense and defense. And so I still think there's something there. Even if maybe you get to the pressure cooker of a playoff series, it becomes a little bit more difficult to manage the lack of spacing, et cetera, et cetera. I would rather just build out the roster so you have counters in that case to support the the good players you have on the roster and not have to run the same five players for every situation, but that's just me. Um, I think I'm very much out on trading OG. I just, every time I think about it, and spoiler alert, I traded OG coming up in our Locked on NBA mock draft, okay? I did it for the content, but back to the through line of this episode, for the content. Um, and I won't reveal the trade right now, but OG gets moved in our Locked on NBA mock draft. And the second I made that trade, I thought, ugh, shouldn't have done that. Because, uh, like, you're right, he fits really nicely, and... 
there's just there's no world I think in which he doesn't work as a good fit next to Scotty Barnes going forward. He's a wonderful fit next to Jakob Pertl. We presume he's going to be brought back, and I, I think the the chemistry those two established down the stretch of the season was amazing. Yes, it gets tricky when you start thinking about paying thirty, thirty five, forty million dollars a year for a guy who can't really create his own shot, but. He's such a one-of-one defender that you're going to miss it the second he's not there. And it just it's a it's a dubious proposition. And I think trading OG from this roster without trading Pascal almost exacerbates the problems you already have because you're getting rid of one of your only reliable dead-eye three-point shooters in the interest of assembling the roster a little more effectively around those guys. Maybe you bring back real shooters. I would just rather keep the real shooter who is OG, who is also one of the best defenders alive, because I can guarantee you, you're not getting one of the best defenders alive back in the return for an OG and an OB trade. So with Pascal, what is sort of like the threshold you're looking for of like, this has to be in the package, otherwise it's a non-starter for me, and like just run it back and see what you got with this group with maybe some tinkering on the margins? uh i mean in terms of players coming back specifically like i don't know that that's a tough one i'd have to actually like look at rosters and evaluate that i get not even the specific players i guess but just sort of like general concept of the the trade construction like picks young players like yeah a young star a young star for sure Mm -hmm. uh and then picks to go around uh go along with that as well uh maybe if you can pick up a, a rotation veteran um mm. that would be nice um yeah that that would be what i'm looking at again you know like i was saying before if there's like that paul george for oladipo type uh where you know indiana kind of knew they had to move on and uh brought back a very very promising young player obviously un- unfortunate that injuries happen mm-hmm. uh, but i think that type of player uh that tier of player with that age group uh, is what i'd be looking for and so you know say you know say if portland is is a team that's that a lot of people are bringing up uh for sure i want shade and sharp in the deal mm-hmm. um and then you look at what type of picks can come along with that i, I don't think i don't i don't think portland uh, you know would give up uh this year's pick plus shade and sharp um, so I think you'd have to look at something else. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really like Shaden Sharp. I think he's going to be special. Yeah, I guess I'm less sure on him because because I am dubious of any time a guy looks really good on a team that's clearly given up. <laughs> like we call that Malachi Flynn syndrome, baby. Former yeah. East Rookie of the Month, Malachi Flynn. Woohoo! Um, not to say Shaden Sharp is Malachi Flynn. He's clearly more talented than that. I am a little less sure, I, I guess, of him than a lot of people seem to be. I I think, yeah, it's, it's really hard to find a trade. That, why I ultimately think he's not getting moved is just it's really hard to find a trade that would actually satisfy what the Raptors want here. And what they want from their actions is seems that they want to contend next year. Not contend, but compete and not take a step back. In fact, try to take a step forward. They traded away their first round pick. Like that is, I think, the telegraphing of their intentions. And so unless you're getting someone who helps you to compete next year, I have a hard time just sort of envisioning a deal where it happens. Again, teams get desperate. I think Portland is a candidate to get, get desperate. Pick. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really care about the fourth or third, even like the third pick, unless it's Scoot Henderson. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like too much of a draft skeptic, but like, I don't care about. No, no, no. I'm saying or... next year's pick. Oh, it's yeah. Top right. Six protected, right? Right. So. Well, they're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're not going to be that bad. Like, they're, they're just, yeah. they're not. So, they're just... I mean, just looking down the rosters right now, um, mm-hmm. you know, San Antonio seemed like they want to compete right away. Uh, mm-hmm. So, if, if they were interested in Pascal, if there's a deal that brings you back, uh, like of a cell plus other pieces, like then I think that that's something you would look at. Um, I just I would be shocked if the Spurs did that. Honestly, like the cell's awesome and seems like a perfect fit with Wembenyama. No, yes, um, yeah. but I, I do think, you know, in terms of having someone who's ready to win now, mm-hmm. um, and can maybe, you know. Re- really take that pressure off again i'm I'm just spitballing i'm just looking at the rosters right now your uh, fake trades are bad big v <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know i think those are two pretty good players i named so we'll see they are for sure i just uh, i don't know i i think we always underrate the difficulty of actually making these trades happen because everyone overvalues their own guys and like the blazes are going to overvalue what they've got and the rockets will surely overvalue what they've got I don't even know what a Rockets trade would look like because outside of the fourth overall pick, like none of their players feel very attractive to me. Maybe Shengun, but like try to find the salary matching there. It's pretty difficult to do. The whole Rockets team is just cheap, bad players who don't know how to play team basketball. So it's hard. Um, I'm coming around on just running it back being maybe the best solution, honestly, if there's not a, a clear no-brainer trade. And I know that's crazy. Yeah, I, I think but... that's the way the front office is probably going to lean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's been their history is they tend to be pretty patient with these things. That said, I'm more open to the idea of a Pascal trade than maybe I was before just because of the, the fit concerns and the money. The, honestly, the money is really like just thinking about how this second apron is going to inhibit teams and even the first luxury tax threshold is going to inhibit teams going forward. Like that's gonna be like a serious. That's like maybe the biggest story in the NBA over the next few years is how that changes team building and and sort of forces teams to make tough decisions financially. And that is where I think I see the argument for a Pascal deal more than I do like as far as like the um, the actual talent return that you could probably get for Pascal. I just it's gonna be hard to get a guy who's or anyone who kind of comes in and is Pascal Siakam. As much as people don't like Pascal anymore, he's bad and all this stuff. He's very good. Sorry, he's just really good, and replacing that is not easy. So, fascinating stuff, man. This was a whole episode about uh, how we don't know what the hell the Raptors are going to do. It's great. Don't you love this off-season uncertainty? Isn't it just fantastic? Uh, doesn't it make <laughs> you feel really good inside and not at all anxious about the how the next month is going to go? <laughs> well, I have a pretty good idea that the way they're going to go. I just mm-hmm. kind of disagree with it. So, right uh you know the way i would go is pretty different yeah fair enough uh we'll leave it there thanks so much big v this was lovely uh you got anything you want to plug for the folks out there the usual stuff raptors.com um cbc sports and you can follow me on twitter at the jacob Hell yeah, everyone go do that. Uh, find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Follow, subscribe to, rate, re- review the show on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube, of course. And uh, join the Lockdown Raptors Discord, baby. It's in the 
description is the link is in the description that is join us it's super fun we have a great time in there and uh, it's a great little community we're building it's just the best place to talk about the rappers on the internet these days it's what the people are saying i don't know it's just it's just the the, the scuttlebutt so come on hang out in the locked on raptors discord we will leave you there thank you very much we'll be back again tomorrow probably diving into another draft prospect maybe we'll take a look at someone who we've talked about three guys who i really like so far maybe we'll get into someone who i'm a little less hot on for the raptors at number 13 on tomorrow's show perhaps a keontae george for example who i don't know man uh we'll get to that tomorrow looking forward to it if you haven't yet go check out the episodes on jordan hawkins and kobe bufkin and case and wallace the everyday listeners of the show surely you already have but if you're not an everydayer become one and you'll have all those episodes to uh peruse through as well we'll leave it there thanks so much for hanging bye-bye Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.